Hello and welcome to the latest Record Celtic podcast. I'm Graeme Young and today I'm joined by my digital sports writer colleague Liam Bryce as we discuss all things Celtic. So on the pod today, we ask if Moussa Dembele's stunning 12-minute hat-trick for France under-21s will put him in the reckoning for the senior squad. We also hail Mikko Lustig's contribution in helping Sweden to victory over Italy and their place in Russia 2018. And we discuss if it's possible Rangers can appoint a manager who Celtic could really fear. So how are you today, Liam? I'm very good, Graham. How are you? Yeah, very well. So first up, Moussa Dembele. He just loves scoring goals. He does, and he does it very well. Uh, I think just looking at those three goals yesterday, it was you know not quite the perfect hat trick in the traditional sense, but you know left foot, right foot header. But as a kind of showcase of you know Dembele's capability, I think it was it was kind of framed in that wee twelve minute period. You had the cool, very cool finish from the penalty, and then the second one, he's ghosting in at the back post, and he's finishing really well first time, and then the third. Um, you know, he's spun on the edge of the box, and it's a quality finish into the into the bottom corner. So it's you know, it's pre- Brendan Rodgers watching that. Well, you know, he'll be very pleased, and you know, you never know. Today, Deschamps, they might have caught his attention as well. I think you said in the past, Liam, uh, about this France squad. There's a lot of talented players, and I think everyone looks at when it's grouped together: attackers, Griezmann, Mbappe, players like Martial. But Dembele's route to the first or a place in the squad isn't as difficult as some might believe would that be fair to say? No I don't think so I mean as you say you know, France they've got this it's an absolute embarrassment of attacking talent you know from the midfield you know you've got Pogba uh, N'Golo Conte and then moving forward they've got you know, young players like Dembele coming through you've got Kingsley Coman Usman Dembele uh, Ante Martial you've got Florian Tovan as well uh, but I think uh, in terms of you know an out and out striker, it's not they're not quite as strong as they are in in my opinion um, as they are in the wide areas. You know you, you could say you've got Antoine Griezmann, but he's not really a is he an out and out striker? And I think well, I actually saw you know they've got the friendly um, against Germany on Tuesday, France and the in you know, the French newspaper uh, L'Equipe, They they did a wee feature beforehand. Uh, you know definitely not showing off at all. They did three different possible uh, France lineups, um, and they, to be fair, they did it for Germany as well. Uh, just kind of showcasing the depth of talent that they've got. You know, you never know; we might be able to do that for Scotland here one day. Uh, but you know, you had all these players. You had Dem- Usman Dembele, Kingsley Coman, Anthony Martial, and but the three different in the three different squads, the the strikers that they picked were uh, Olivier Giroud. Um, Lacazette also of Arsenal and as well you had they actually put Anthony Martial into those roles so I mean Dembele's a more natural striker than Martial yeah I mean definitely you know Martial predominantly for Man United plays off the wing he has played up front I think when he came into the side under Van Gaal that is you know where he, he played but under Mourinho he's not really had much of a look in through the middle and then you've got you know you've got Giroud who is, I mean, he's not everybody's cup of tea, Giroud, is he's he? He's played a lot for Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's played a lot for Deschamps, and he is, you know... Is Deschamps I, quite a loyal manager, would you say? Do you think that's... Do you think Dembele's got the chance that maybe he might get under another manager, or will Deschamps stick with what he knows? Well, I mean, if he keeps 
pattern in 12 minute hat-tricks and he's not going to be able to ignore him is he uh, because you put that into perspective yeah. say Scotland were playing in under 21s and a player scored in a 12 minute hat-trick mm-hmm. you would, the route to the first team would be or the, the, the senior squad would be, be very quick they'd be in the team very quickly uh, is that obviously it's a much different situation uh-huh. but scoring three goals like that it can, it can only help Dembele yeah I mean, I mean it, only, it really can I mean because as well Karim Benzema is He's completely out of the picture. He said he won't play for France again. Well, Deschamps, the manager, I think. Uh, I think before I remember at Euro twenty sixteen, he was maybe criticised a wee bit Deschamps in the early. I know France went, you know, eventually went very far in the tournament, but I think in the early stages he was maybe criticised for, you know, being a bit too loyal to certain players. I don't know if Giroud is maybe one of those. As you say, he's not everybody's cup of tea, Giroud, but he is quite an established international striker. But I'd say Dembele is, you know, he's maybe, he's definitely got the potential to be a better all-round player than Giroud and the likes of Lacazette as well. I mean, Lacazette, he went to Arsenal in the summer and he's been a lot of, uh, there's a lot of expectation. Not, not but he's a lot not really outside his game. Personally, I watch him, he's happy to, he looks great inside the box and some of his runs look pretty clever. Mm-hmm. But, all round, you look at a player like Dembele, even the Champions League, these big, powerful performances, and he's got a couple of games again. Let's not the big games keep coming for Dembele and Celtic. Mm-hmm. We've got PSG next weekend in his home country, his home city, and then he takes on uh, Anderlecht. Will probably be a, a, most likely getting a positive result to mm-hmm. reach the Europa League. So it's definitely, you would say you're hopeful then for Dembele. You think there's a real I chance think, he could I do think it. if he keeps, what, do you think he will do it if he had to? Right now, what would you say? Do you think he will make the, the squad? Uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I think I'd say yes. I think you know if if he keeps up um, his current form, you know he keeps putting in performances like that. Certainly since he's come back onto the scene with Celtic, he has really you know he's really looked the part. Um, you know, and it's just whether you know as this as we've seen happen before, whether Deschamps looks at. You know, there's always seems to be this perception about players in Scotland. You know, whether he looks at it and thinks, well, he's doing it in Scotland, but can he do it on an, an you know, on the, the very highest level at international? But if he keeps, if he keeps scoring goals for the under twenty ones, then you know it shouldn't really matter where he's um, where he's playing his domestic trades. You would think, but who knows? I mean, it would be it would be great for him because you know he's really, you know, I think even since he's arrived at Celtic, you can see that he has you know improved. Uh, a great deal, and you know, and it'd be it'd be great for for Celtic as well to have a you know one of their players in one of the biggest teams at the World Cup. No, definitely. I'm talking about players going to the World Cup, Mikel Wistig. So there's a bit of the now, I think, Twitter and social media that about Celtic fans trying to give Wistig his his props really, just because he's a a cult hero. Obviously, Swedish part of the furniture, much like many IKEA products. I think, <laughs> think a player who has worked under Neil Lennon, Ronnie Dyla, Brendan Rodgers, Mister Consistent. At times, some fans would worry that against a really speedy winger, he would come up short. But that happens for most fullbacks in the world. But this is a player with real passion, a passion for Celtic. As he, he's recently said, he would love to finish his career there. How important is Lustig to Celtic and the Brendan Rodgers side? That's obviously try to replicate and improve from last season oh, well, I think he's very important and because you know you might as you say he doesn't maybe always get the uh, the recognition but you know the you know, the key to 
you know how good Celtic have been under Brendan Rodgers has been the consistency. And if you want to look at consistency, then you know Lustig is probably the the man. Maybe you know, Kieran Tierney on the other side who is consistently outstanding. But in terms of you know just putting in solid performances, always just always being there. Basically, you know you can't really look past Lustig. And you know if you're going to go. Uh, the length of time unbeaten that Celtic have, then you need to have players who are going to be at least a seven out of ten every week. And he's a goal threat as well. He showed well, he is. international as well. He scored a couple of goals for Sweden. But you can see how important you could. Last night, he might not have the captain's armband on, but he was a leader and he was taking the fight to the, the Italians. This is a team who are masters of the dark arts, but Lustig was more than ready for them. I, uh, I mean, he was. I think as a, as a team, you know, we watched it. Uh, Sweden were, you know, they were they were they were solid, and I think Lustig was, you know, he was right at the heart of that. You know, it was a probably a very different game for him as to what he's used to, you know, playing with Celtic because it was very it was kind of back to the wall for a lot of the time. But you know, he as you say, he was at the at the forefront of that, and he was certainly at the forefront of the celebrations at the end as well. It was a kind of performance as well. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers has spoken about away in the Champions League or even big games in the Champions League and not adjusting too much how he plays that was a real backs to the wall last night and Lustig just again proves that he can do all manners of things I think the one thing as well with Celtic brought in a lot of players the last season or so uh, Sinclair Dembele big successes but I think just the form of Lustig now I think that brings back that recognition of someone outside of Scott Brown I think would be the only player who's been part of the first team longer really and I think he's finally getting his, his He's credit really for that. The next point I'm going to touch upon is another, as you said there as well, Kieran Tierney, Mr Consistent, and he showed last week for Scotland just how good he is. And the first time he's playing in the left side of back four, he's played in the most central position in a back three for Celtic. Obviously at left back, he's phenomenal, but there's also Andy Robertson there. But just about a 20-year-old captain in his country, he's just, he's absolutely sensational, isn't he? He's just fantastic. Oh, well, he's done, he's done very well. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> to to come in and you know captain your country at, at that age you know I know it was only you know it was a friendly but I mean still but he was ready you know for it. he was uh, he didn't look he didn't look overawed by it um, and as you say it was the first time playing as like a centre back part of a centre back pairing as as opposed to a back three and you know he 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 didn't look you know he didn't look troubled at all he looked he's very comfortable obviously he's not six two six three he's not but he's he's got enough stature. He's very good in the air as well, and especially those uncontested headers. I thought he was mm-hmm. exceptionally good. Where he's able to clear it twenty yards away, he's not. He's able to clear his lines. He's, he's just for a player that young. I know there's always this debate about the best player since, and Scotland, Scottish fans in general, and even Celtic fans with Scottish players coming through are pining for a player like a Gareth Bale. Or, mm-hmm. But Tierney's obviously a different sort of player. But this really is a, a young player who can. Definitely going to play the top level in world football, isn't it? Just every game for club and country just really seems to get better, and that will prove crucial for Celtic in these last two Champions League games, and hopeful for them to into the Europa League after. He's just he is that type of player. Now. He's a real key player for Celtic, isn't he? Ah, uh, yeah. As you say, he just looks he looks ready to play at the you know at the highest level, and it's how high could he go? There's been Chris Sutton. He's called said Real Madrid. Is it, what he seems like the player who obviously language barrier and so forth but it can be an issue for any player but he's definitely got the mentality you couldn't you wouldn't see him phased 
by playing in any arena. No, I, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, he, he seems, you know, he seems to be a very down to down to earth and very level headed young man. So, I mean, I mean, Real Madrid. I mean, it's a, who knows? You know, you know, to get a move like that, it'd be. I mean. A, would be unbelievable, but you know that's. I mean, that's still. You don't want to get too carried away. He is an excellent player. You know, he's coming on leaps and bounds, um, and you know, you know Sutton. Obviously, you can tell how highly a guy like Sutton, you know, rates him. Uh, Real Madrid. I'm not too. I'm not too sure about that just yet. But I mean, the left back's not too bad, is he? Montreal. He's no. He's all right. Uh, he can play a wee bit. He can certainly play a wee bit, Marcelo. So. Um, you know, but very different, very different type of player to Tierney. But I think you know as well for you just kind of watching him the other the other week there. It's just uh, I don't think certainly for for Celtic he's ever going to have a problem. You know, commanding that that left back role. But I think you know sometimes I don't think he'll ever have a problem commanding it. But do you think there's a, a an argument that maybe he could even play as a left centre back in a four? Do you think is he do you think he could ever be one of these players, you know, one of these great defenders who is so versatile for certain games, plays certain positions, and he's he's just the, the most important player? Or do you think he's a left back? That's where he plays. He's he's at his best there, but he can also turn the trick in other positions as well. Whether that be in a back three or a back four? Oh no, no, I think he certainly could. I mean, you know, he's you've not seen a, a whole lot of him at centre back, and certainly, you know, when he's played there for Celtic. The team are dominating possession. He's not, he's not, you know, really, really heavily tested uh, against the Dutch. You know, last week, it, you know, it was he played very well. You know, I'm not disputing that at all. He looked very, very comfortable in uh, in that role. Um, but I think going forward, you would have to maybe see him playing that position in a in a big game and really, you know, performing and really showing, uh, you know, that he's got that capability. Which I mean. No reason thus far to to suggest that he can't, um, but I think going forward, I just think he offers you know he just offers so much going forward for Celtic in that left awesome, back role. You know that I just think that's that's got to be where he's where he plays going forward. He's got an an innate ability to just low crosses. It's Mendy at Manchester City previously at Monaco. It obviously seems quite it seems something that most defenders should do, but mm-hmm. a lot of players play aimless balls into the back post Yeah, but Mendy and Tierney are two that just drive it in low and are trying to find a man it's, and I know uh-huh. you can't overstate that because the amount of assists he's provided with low balls in the ball and I think that's uh-huh. his bread and butter I think that's uh, as good as all parts of his game mentality ability to play in different positions especially just touch one centre half I think that rampaging runs down the left side just these yeah you know, and I mean peak. like in the modern game you know the full backs are so important to yeah. teams going forward and you've seen that with Tierney uh, as you say, that kind of that kind of it's always becoming a bit of a trademark from that low ball into the box. Mm. Um, whereas you know, like you say, some fullbacks who are maybe not as attack minded, it's a bit more aimless. It's a bit just you know get the ball in the mixer type thing. But he, he picks out players uh, from wide positions rather than just you know hitting the ball into the box. So he seems even at that that young age, he seems to have such an understanding of his role. And I don't doubt that you know a lot of that is probably down to you know Brendan Rodgers and his coaching staff. So obviously we're on the Celtic podcast today, but quickly want to touch upon Rangers because it does affect Celtic. We're still waiting for the new manager, uh, Ibrox. Do you think 
Is it possible Rangers could hire a manager that Celtic could fear? And if so, who do you think that could be? Is, is Derek McInnes someone Celtic should fear if he became Rangers manager? I don't think... I, I'm not saying it would be a bad appointment for Rangers, Derek McInnes, not, not at all, but I think such as... Derek McInnes' record against Celtic with Aberdeen, I don't think, certainly at this stage, that that would be an appointment that would you know, worry Celtic fans. Uh, but you know, as I said, I don't, that doesn't necessarily mean that I think it would be a bad appointment for Rangers. It's just he's not, for one reason or another, you know, he's Aberdeen's side. Seven games, you know, seven defeats. Yeah, it's just... Rodgers against. Rodgers against McInnes. Uh, and obviously, you know, there is a gulf in... You know, resources that is difficult for. Do you think it marks him down, even if it's just ever so slightly? The fact seven attempts he's, he's not even been able to just put one dent in Celtic. Do you think that? But that, if if you're looking at it, would that be a, a slight concern? Do you think? I think I think for for Rangers fans it probably would be, uh, because I, I think you know if <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're doing if you've if you've went up against somebody and. And you've lost to them seven times. That's got to have some sort of effect on you psychologically. I think Craig Levine for a long time, just before he, when he was Dundee United boss, before he gets Scotland job, built his reputation on the fact he was able to either get a result against Celtic or Rangers or run them very close. And I think that is a selling point of potential Rangers manager who's mm-hmm. also managed in the league. Obviously, he's a former player. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can. I mean, he's done a he's done a fantastic job at Aberdeen. Derek McInnes, you Who know, else so then, do you think about the candidates? And I know McInnes still seems like the front runner. Uh, is there anyone in the kind of list there just behind that Celtic could possibly fear? Do you think maybe a, a good fit at Ibrooks that would potentially. It's only After all this, as much as Rangers, it's been a tough season, they are six points behind. Celtic are some heavy favourites to go on improving. They, they can up their game whenever it needs. But is there a, is there a manager there? You see someone else that maybe you think could from the people, the candidates. That yeah, have been the candidates. Yeah. Just maybe someone else. Just um, I'd say to be honest, I'd been, I'm being completely honest. From the, the the candidates that have been mentioned, I don't, I'm not sure that there's any that would, you know, that would put any great concern in and amongst you know Celtic fans. But should that really be the you know the main? thing for Rangers at the moment I think what Rangers need is to get somebody in who's going to you know provide a period of stability uh, in the dugout so I think you know from the I think McInnes certainly would provide that that you know that stability he's shown that he can do it at Aberdeen um, but I know from the candidates that are that have been put forward so far I don't think there's there's any that would um that would put fear into Celtic fans, you know what I mean? But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that there's you know there's nobody available who's going to come in and do a good job at Rangers. It's just you know it's two different, it's two different things. But uh, as I said, McInnes, not sure he would, he would, um, he would concern Celtic support too much. But I think he would he would certainly do a good job. So one other thing we'll touch upon is the upcoming fixtures for Celtic. First up is Ross County at the weekend. Uh, they take on Owen Coyle, who's obviously made a bit of an impact up in Dingwall. But Celtic are imperious away from home. They're just fantastic. They really are. Just, this is the big games recently. St Johnson, Aberdeen, in this domestic terms, they've been just 
other teams can't really come close to them. Is this going to be a game after an international break? Are they, are they going to be all guns blazing ahead of a midweek Champions League game? Uh, I think they would probably just take a you know, a one nil, get back down the road and we'll look ahead to uh, PSG. I certainly think that would maybe uh, if that would maybe be Brendan Rodgers thinking, but I, I don't know. Uh, as you say, they had that period um, where you know they, they had the the cup semi final and they had the games with Bayern Munich, and everybody thought you know if there was going to be a time for them to slip up, then this was going to be it. And uh, the one that maybe most people pointed to was the game against Aberdeen, and it was probably arguably Celtic's best performance of the season. So uh, there is difficult there is difficult games in there. You know, Ross County. Saturday, early kick-off, players flying back in from international duty, not a great one. over the globe as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are going to be a lot of miles yeah. in that Celtic team. Um, Do you think standards, obviously Brendan Rodgers look to keep standards high at all, all times, but do you think there's even a chance that Celtic might, levels might drop slightly now they've broken the long 100-year domestic unbeaten record? Do you think there's any chance of that happening? Or would they just want to keep going and Extending that record for as long as he can. Oh, well, it's certainly you know it's certainly possible. I mean, like I mean, you know they've got to be beaten at some point. Somebody has to beat Celtic at, at some point. You know it's not going to it's not going to go on forever. But I think Brendan Rodgers, being the manager that he is, he'll have he'll have probably drilled it into the Celtic players that just because you know that we have this record now and you know he'll he'll be drilling it into them that we don't. You know, don't let up, uh, and I think that's I think Celtic players as well. You know, though, is it the, the records out of the way now? So they're not, you know, they're just maybe going to be back to looking at looking at it game by game. I think you know players always tell you that you know it's you know we're not we're not thinking about records we're not. But I mean, you must look at you know the chance of getting into the history books, and it must affect you in some way. But I think now that the that the record has been surpassed, you know, they might go back to just taking it. You know, it's one game at a time. It's this and that. And but I don't think uh, Rogers, being the, the coach that he is, would would allow a dip in standards just because they've gotten the record. Whether they, you know, they do run out of steam a wee bit is another is a, maybe another question. Um, but certainly they've they have got some difficult fixtures coming up. You know, the trip to PSG as well. Well, that's as you what said. I'm just about to say. It's from. Glamorous location at glamorous location. <laughs> Ding multi Paris Aye. a matter of days. For Celtic, obviously, there was so much good feeling within the support and pundits after the pretty impressive performance against Bayern Munich in the you call it the return the second mm-hmm. Bayern Munich class, a two one defeat. Do you think what would be a success for Celtic here in Paris? Would it because obviously the performance away to Bayern was but Whistler's this does this have to be a bit more fight PSG have qualified they've got 12 points at 12 scoring goals are fun is there a way for Celtic to maybe not get a positive result but keep the the good times rolling ahead of the Anderlecht final match yeah I mean you know nobody expects nobody's expecting Celtic to go over to Paris and you know to get a result so but that was the same I would I would say that was probably so nobody really expected them to get a result against Bayern Munich away, but 
it seemed that after that game a lot of Celtic fans did come away maybe a wee bit disappointed so I, I think, think that was that's also maybe the part that was a realisation that prolonged time the excitement of qualifying for the Champions League that as good as the underlight result was in the middle the, the heavy defeats either side to PSG and Bayern can obviously no one wants to just be in a tournament to make up the numbers and heavy defeats but as you say the, the next the return game against Bayern was so much more there was some verve and slagging and players were winning tackles and pushing obviously the Bundesliga champions about but they were very physical on the night is that something they can take in the physicality but maybe timid in a couple of the defeats so far and is there a way of kind of muscling up against PSG and finding yeah, some th- sort of success I, th- I think I think they I think Celtic what they need to do is, is, is as you say is build on what was a it was a positive performance against Bayern Munich you know they still eventually are you know they still lost the game, but it was a good. It was a good. It was a better showing in terms of, um, in terms of as like you say, like fight. And I think, you know, that that first game against Bayern Munich for Celtic, it was just, it was. I think after the game, you know, Brendan Rodgers he was insistent on, you know, uh, you know Celtic are going to, we're going to stick to our principles. Uh, we're not going to, you know, turn up to these places and park the bus. But I felt against in that first game against Bayern Munich that they didn't, you know, they didn't, didn't really do anything. Do anything. There was not; it was a bit of a nothing performance. So I think what uh, you know, Celtic have always competed with teams. Maybe taking that the PSG result at the beginning of the camp, taking that out of the equation, they generally they do compete with teams at Celtic Park. But I think maybe the next step for them is to go away from home against a top side. And because really, there has been inroads in that. In that sense, because before Brendan Rodgers arrived, Celtic only ever had two positive results in the Champions League away from home, uh, beating Spartak Moscow and a draw against Barcelona all the way back, I think, 2004. So Brendan Rodgers has already got in, uh, I think that's five, four, five, five away games. He's got three positive results, and this will be the sixth coming up. So there's things are changing, but as you say, a, a, a big performance against a big team would really be. Uh, hallmark of the Rodgers era. Yeah, and it would, it would, I think it would inspire a lot of confidence if they, they, they. Um, I think it would inspire a lot of confidence if they get themselves into the Europa League. There would be a sort of more of a, of a, a belief there that yeah. from Celtic that they can go away and you know really upset some of these big teams. I mean, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't think they'll get a result against PSG, but I think what they do need to show is, you know, a bit more fight than than the Bayern Munich first game, and you know, to I think to you know, can I make up for the for that first game against PSG in a sense because it was a it was a pretty was I mean as much as good as PSG I, and, the, and I think yeah. it was a shiny new toy as well. This was really the beginning of these superstars playing yeah. together, and as since then there's been a bit of friction between uh-huh. like Cavani and, uh, and Neymar in particular. But that's kind of we're, we're in the kind of slog of the season now, mm-hmm. so you would hope or you'd expect probably that they won't be quite firing at that level, and there could be a chance there might be some fresh faces because I don't think it'll be too much because if the worst happened, the, the loss to Celtic, then they would put them in Bayern Munich were too big, able to be and like then it would put them in a position, but. There's definitely, there's definitely scope here, isn't there, for Celtic to narrow the margin came from home. Yeah, I think so. Because, as, as you say, I think PSG, with the, 
that first game with Mbappe, Cavani and Neymar, they were still in that honeymoon period a wee bit and everybody was just, you know, complete all of them. Um, but you know, there's been a lot of kind of, you know, whether there's anything to it, you know, it's difficult to say, uh, you know, talk of friction in the camp and egos clashing and it's maybe not been quite as rosy since. Uh, so what Celtic got to fear? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Just about 300 odd million pounds worth of talent, but... It's going to be a, another big night for Celtic and they'll be obviously to get a positive result if they, if they can. So thank you for joining us today. Don't forget you can like, download, subscribe to the Record Celtic podcast on iTunes and Audioboom. See you next week. Thanks.